previously on Critically Stupid. Dear Diary, I had a week. We've been through so much, my friends and me. Mel and I were suddenly on a ship. It was the first time I went on a magic trip. We met a sexy pirate, he's my new friend. Though he said something strange about a house of inspired hands, Mel fell in love and we stole. Was Cerulean and Gareth? Escaped from a hole Sylvia was mad And our friend Tim got real sad No Why don't you just clear your voice really, really, really hard one time? Me? Yeah. Because, uh, thank you for asking. Um, I my my voice is shot from the week that I had. Um, it was really, really busy at work, and we work in a big kitchen with our hood fans are very loud. So I was yelling all week. Um, and then we went to a show on Thursday, and I I fully blew my voice out. So. Uh, a lot of a lot of the NPCs you guys meet today are going to sound like they smoke a pack a day, and I'm, I'm sorry for that. I thought your show was tomorrow. We are going to a show tomorrow. We also went to one on Thursday because we're because you hate yourself. No, no, no. We're young people who live in New York City, and we're so fucking cool. Are you tired? Shut up. Hi, born tired. Let's do Welcome this. to Critically Stupid, where we're all cool and young and 20 years old. <laughs> You can't yeah. hold her. You said that. <laughs> hey, hey, everybody. 
was so funny. Wow. <laughs> like, like, honestly, best voice work I've heard so far is that old man you were just performing as. <laughs> like, I don't know what The character. old man known as Alex Heather James. <laughs> okay. Say, um, I don't think that was the performance. It was not, actually. No. Okay. Uh, thank you all for tuning in to Critically Stupid. Um, again, soon to be world famous Dungeons and Dragons Roleplay podcast. My name is uh, Alexander James. I am the Dungeon Master. My favorite part of last episode was the the five seconds where Gareth looked into my soul and read my and read what I was going to do and took the noose off his neck before the half orc could literally drag him to his death. And I was ooh. You could see, you see it on my face, the frustration. That was amazing. Um, I'll take initiative here. My name is Gareth. Shit. My name is Garion, and I play Gareth. Um, and my favorite moment of last episode um, was when, Gareth, first of all, Gareth was just fully lying there for like a good 12 seconds with a noose around his neck <laughs> before going, ah, you know what? <laughs> I should probably take it. I feel like 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 you were probably like weighing your options. Like, am I ready to go? <laughs> Is this like, my time? I, like, like how much like, do I've really had a good run, right? Like, yeah, I'm the youngest one, but like I've had a good run, right? Right? Yeah, yeah. Still don't know how to do math or read, but it's fine. Uh, my name is Diana. I play Mel. I probably would have kept the noose on, just fully aware of what the plan was, too. Like, like I knew where he was going with it, but I still would have been like, I'm ready, guys. I'm ready to go. Um, what was my favorite part? Oh, I, I feel like I feel like I fell in love with a very swarthy captain. <laughs> I'm Katie and I play Cerulean. My favorite part of last episode was like spider monkeying up the tunnel. Oh, that yeah. was amazing. <clears throat> Hello, my name is Anthony. I play Arnold. And my favorite part of the last episode was probably when I changed from a robot to myself and pretended that a robot was chasing me and then uh, became best friends with a captain who winked at me and essentially jumped away. So I'm excited to meet him again. So dreamy. Can you not let me? You can't. You just can't let me have this. I just said I would have kept the noose on my neck, and you (laughs) just can't let me have this one. Have I not suffered enough? (laughs) Okay, I'll write your love song. I'll play at your wedding. I'm sorry. All of your asses, how many times now? And you just can't let me have the swarthy captain. Okay. We're going to open. Um, it is, I'm going to say like 1230 to one in the morning uh, on a cold spring night at Waterdeep. Two uh, figures are sloshing down the alleyway towards a dilapidated tavern, um, leaving a, a trail of seawater and uh, blistered curses behind them um, as they uh walk towards the door arnold and mel how are you feeling after your uh after your evening after your long walk from the sea ward to uh troll skull manor look look i got i got a present for my friend the wizard who's not a wizard excuse me sorry my <laughs> being caught it caught it got a present for him got a present for me and met potentially the love of my life and all i have to do is get rid of that blonde bitch that he was with and i have <laughs> murdered before <laughs> <laughs> oh 
Um, I'm mostly excited that I have a statue that I, I, I'm excited to like show my best friend. I can't wait to show my, my, my bestie, the, the wizard, um, who knows all about magic and sorcery. What this, you know, maybe it has some, you know, kind of special, you know, properties that I don't know about. I can't wait to pick his brain for that. Also, though, I do have a ukulele full of gold and I'm so excited to like shake it out and show the world. Um, or just rattle it off as like a, you know, like a, just like a maraca. A as maraca of just yeah. gold. Just like gold. Yeah. It shakes as I play. It's good. It's, a, you know, keeps time. Uh, inside the, the manor, um, two figures are sitting at a cracked and uneven uh, table playing cards uh, from a deck missing, I'm going to say, fully half the cards. Um, Cerulean and Gareth, how do you feel about your evening spent in the sewers? Gareth is like drifting in and out of consciousness at the table. <laughs> he wants to go to bed so bad. But Cerulean probably told him that we couldn't go to sleep until they got back. <laughs> and she's probably looking wired, uh, you know, leg bouncing. Um, yeah, probably just as soon as the door opens, she stands up or something. So funny you should mention the door uh, swings open and Arnold and Mel, uh, you walk through and uh, the four of you are reunited. Big group hug. Yay, group hug. Well, I feel like, okay, listen, if if Gareth is like real salty that he had to stay awake waiting on us, I'm going to soften that by (laughs) saying that I brought you a gift. Gareth is like a child. He's like bouncing up and down. Right? Like I thought of you. (laughs) So if you want to be mad at anyone, you can be mad at the bard, I suppose. But I brought you a gift. So money and the dagger. Like I got the dagger specific for you because it's (laughs) lit. Nice. But I also got a bunch of money. Hell yeah. so, so I like, do like both of those so things. I reach into my bag and I'm like clearly avoiding the gold as I'm going for my statue. I'm like, oh, oh no, this is the treasure of the lifetime. I'm like, look at this, best best friends. And like I show him and I unwrap it because it's wrapped in like, but basically my version of bubble wrap as best I could. Yeah. Right, right. You, you took great pains. So Gareth, you, you hear Arnold paw through and a couple of pieces fall out of his bag and he's pawing through like gold pieces. Can I can I roll to catch them before they hit the ground? Uh, (laughs) Sure. Yeah, go for it. Give me me sleight of hand real quick. Sleight of hand. Sweet. That's like my best modifier. Nice. We got. Notice how I didn't try to uh, hide. Sixteen plus seven is twenty-three. Yeah, you snatched two of those gold pieces right out of the air. I'd like to clarify that my character's not actively hiding and not intentionally. He's just avoiding it as because he's more excited to show his friend the thing that, you know, that's... Oh, yeah, no, priorities, absolutely. His priority status. It's not about hiding the gold from Gary. It's about showing the thing. As as he pulls out of the the bag, he unwraps what essentially looks like a child's crude claymation figure of some kind of creature with webbed feet and also maybe wings that has two green rocks stuffed into its crude face for eyes. Um, if you haven't had to like estimate it from like a, for like a fence, you would put it solidly at about a copper piece. Like this thing is literally garbage. Yeah. It, 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 by the way, webbed feet with wings, I believe you're describing a duck. <laughs> That's where I went. Okay. So Arnold shows me the clay duck. 
And, and he says, he, says uh, he just presents it proudly. Yeah, I do. The proudest moment. I just, hey, duck. And it's like, like you know. Oh, thanks. I think, I think. An Gareth, avocado. Gareth, an avocado. Gareth's eyes are just like completely locked on his bag and have not shifted to the, the duck whatsoever. Oh, that's yeah, Cerulean starts, oh, oh. looks at, at um, Arnold and just goes, can I count that? And I say it's one. It's one duck. It's one. Duck. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. What's in your bag, it's buddy? What's single, in your bag? Singular duck. I wish I got two. I looked around the room there where it's only the one. <laughs> I'm gonna like smack Gareth's hand and be like, "Stop! We might be able to do something with this." And like starts counting all of it, and then looks at Mel and goes, "You want to add this into the?" I would absolutely love to add to the joint account because I just don't want to handle like any of that math shit. But but look, Gareth, I got you not a duck. I got you like this super dope gold dagger thing. Oh, it's a fuck! It's a gold dagger. Yeah, That's I mean, it is right, isn't it? So, like, so as, uh, as they share this, like, moment with the dagger and the, and I recognize that the duck is still mostly in my hand, like, completely rejected, can I just kind of turn and be like, I got this for my friend. <laughs> Perhaps this is the end. And I'm just, like, like sadly thinking about how my friend rejected me and I wish, like, he would have just accepted my my gift and, you know. God, yeah, you can, but I think yeah, the real question that's what I'm is, doing. Did you, did you have to? I did. I did. That's what my character would do. It just he's he's really cares about his friend. Right. I think in the middle of his lament, I think Gareth is gonna be like, um, oh fuck, I didn't think this far ahead. Hey, hey, Arnold, what if we named the duck Gutenberg and uh put him on display for every everyone to see? And I just I I like Ar- Arnold turns, he's just like I knew this day would come. <laughs> this duck, it is the one. And I saw, like, I give oh, him the duck and we. Um, I will go ahead and uh, do the math easy. You guys picked up between uh, copper, silver, gold, and Gareth, you actually managed to grab some assorted gems, just sort of like off the cuff. <clears throat> you have 300 gold pieces cash. Nice. Okay. How many do we need again? Wasn't it like one one thousand was the big number? Cool, yeah. cool, 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 cool. We're basically there. Can, can Gareth go out to like the black market and like fence it and like appraise it? Can... Yeah, if you want to. Uh, is there like a would that what would that be like insight maybe? Um, is this something that you guys want to send Gareth on solo or would it be like a group thing? I love um, everybody shaking their heads immediately. No. <laughs> I mean, I was thinking more of like an errand. I wasn't actually going to make any purchases. I was just going to find out pricing. I've actually got, think- uh, I've actually got a, 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 it's using some of our, some of our community names, an NPC encounter. Right. If you guys want to do it, like, obviously this is like your game. Like you, you don't have to, but. Um, we don't go anywhere without each other. That did not go well last time. New house. I think it went great. I, I think we, we got lucky. <laughs> I feel like maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe, uh, and like, I, I I know, like, I make friends with everyone. I like everyone. I'm the guy who, like, I, I you know me, you're my friend. Um, however, I think that we'd probably get a better deal if we didn't smell like actual garbage. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like, like, if people are trying to get rid of us, they're just gonna be like, oh, I'll give you a dollar or nothing. Get away. Like, go. Like, they're not gonna, gonna rain soon. Is there a bathroom? Shower. 
Uh, yeah, there's let's let's say for the sake of convenience, there's a, there is a nearby bathhouse that you guys can all get cleaned up. And just again, for the sake of convenience, let's say that we take a long rest now so that everybody's damage markers go away and you all cool. look and feel like people again. Perfect. <clears throat> okay. Um, taking your uh, cash, bow, dagger, and statue, you um, plunge into Troll Skull Alley, which is a series of um, twisted corners and crooked streets. Uh, you pass a number of uh, shops. There's a there was what appears to be a forge and armory with um, hissing steam and slamming metal. There is a two-story wild. Uh, glass and uh, botanicals, almost like plant store that reaches up to like a um, <clears throat> lofty, uh, like glass covered penthouse. There is a almost unmarked door at the bottom of a staircase leading underground with a red eye dead center in the doorway. And then you come to a double door sort of near the end of the alleyway with a stylized uh, ornate wrought iron W over the top of the door. Um, and then next to it appear to be one by another, a, a series of smaller, shittier, cheaper Ws. So there are three all day. One of them is, is uh, very ornate and the other two are crappy and cheap. Um, and uh, scratched into the side of the door on a little uh, handmade plaque is Wicked Wares and Wilds. All right, who's going in? I'll like to go in. Okay. <clears throat> you open the doors to a uh, series of discordant notes playing over the still air of a seemingly deserted curiosity shop. The shelves are tall and narrow and littered with uh, random assortments of weapons and bits and bobs of, of pieces of scattered armor and uh, uh, bags and boxes. Um, the walls are hung with everything from uh, creature skulls to full sets of armor to uh, in intricate weapons on hooks. But the first thing you notice is a set of broken and cracked music notes floating on the air and two candles lit on a countertop at the far side uh, flickering alone. But no people in sight? No people. Um, can and the candles tell... are how far away? Uh, the candles are probably about 15 feet away from the door sort of towards the, towards the, the far wall of the shop. Can we tell where the music is coming from? That's a great question. You cannot. It almost seems like it's dripping from the walls. Mm, I don't like that. Is it just uh, Gareth and Cerulean inside, or is the whole gang in? Seems like a question for the whole gang. So I enter. Do I know? Do I recognize the music at all? Since I'm a bard, you know that it's in a it's in a minor key. It's not uh, okay. jaunty in any capacity. It's almost um, mournful and or eerie. <laughs> Minor okay. keys, never gets dying. No, I, I have a flashback to my terrible past, and no one seems to recognize. I just, I kind of look okay. off. Arnold like, is just staring blankly. I just stare blankly. Like and gets 
Yeah. Looks like a shell shock soldier. <laughs> shell shock moment. Yeah. He takes out a harp and does a little like <laughs> Okay. Anyway, um, so hey, that's not that I just I have a face. <laughs> that's <laughs> I, I mean, I'm a real person with real immersion. I'm a real boy. Yeah, I was yeah. just trying to learn more about it. Hey, Gareth you. tries to get like Arnold's attention, like, hey, hey, hey. So I, I kind of snap out it. of it and I'm like, I didn't mean to. I mean, what so what are we doing? Um you, you I look around, I'm like, do you where are what you detect magic, maybe? There's something fishy going on here. Like, oh, yeah. Does anybody someone... have detect magic? Someone's got to, right? I think the bard does. No, don't no, you? No, I don't. No, no. Uh, Arnold and Cerulean, give me Arcana checks, please. Okay, cool. Awesome. Love that for me. 18. Yeah, I just got a 14. Okay, I think pretty good. <clears throat> um, Cerulean, you notice a, a very faint aura of uh, magic coming from um, up. There's an upstairs section over this countertop with like a staircase with like a do not enter chain sort of like around it. And you notice it's coming from um, up there. However, as you take maybe a step closer to like investigate this, um, there is a raucous scrape of wood against wood and a bearded gnome leaps onto a stool from behind the countertop where he had been hiding and goes, welcome to the dynastic devilish, dirty and deceiving store of wicked wiles and wares. I am of course, Daniel, the best gnome there ever was. Welcome, strangers. Gareth is like vis visibly bewildered. Holy Arnold starts clapping, shit. just like immediately clapping. Just so happy. Next to uh, next to the gnome, you hear a voice uh, rise up from almost the floorboards and say, "You're supposed to intro me, and you forgot again." Uh, and Dan sort of looks down and goes, "Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, baby. That's my bad." Standing up from behind the counter, you see a uh, half-elf woman with uh, brown, very curly hair uh, tucked behind her, her pointed ears. And she is toying with a, a dagger the size of her face and looks distinctly unamused. Uh, uh, and can, Daniel can, says, welcome, welcome, my friends. What, what can I do for you? Can we get a quick size reference for gnomes? Because they vary depending on the media. Are we talking like water bottle size gnome or like good two feet? He's uh, he's probably about a foot and a half to two feet tall. Think like a sizable garden gnome. So I'm I'm just like that was a wonderfully weird introduction, but I still don't know what what's your friend's name. Hi. Uh, she says my name's Dina. Obviously, you would have known that if you remembered to do his intro. But guess what? He forgot again. So well, I think he did a great job. Well, that's because you're somebody who doesn't know anything. Wow, you got you right on, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Daniel says, "What can we do for you here at the Wicked Wares and Wiles store?" Uh, and Dina rolls her eyes and goes, "It's Wicked Wares and Wiles. Stop adding more words to it. It's already alliterative." Store is also not. You could also go with warehouse, guys. <laughs> That's what I was thinking, yeah. like. Like I so I stand up. I'm like I love this. This whole like performance that you're doing is fantastic. I agree with Dina, however, that like you should have introduced your friend. I understand though. I make mistakes all the time. I'm a performer myself. I, we know what it's like. They don't understand, especially that one. Um, and I'm like, I'm like, but but we we have we have some questions for you. Uh, well, my friends do. I'm just here to look around, really. We're, <laughs> we're uh, looking to sell off some items. That's so great. That's exactly what we do here. Welcome to, and Dina cuts them off and says, they get it. They've heard the name three times now. What are you selling? 
uh, we place the items on the table. Okay. Except notably um, not my dagger, and I assume not Mel's bow. So just the statue. So I watched this happen. Oh, just... yeah, the clay statue is what we're selling, isn't it, huh? Okay, I mean, when they set the statue on the counter, is there a reaction at all from the gnomes? Um, the gnome's jaw drops, and he goes, Oh my god, this is incredible. What is that? Is it a duck? Uh, yeah, it's know... actually very rare. It's uh, an artisan, handcrafted, handmade duck. It's uh, the duck is GMO, cage free as well. So, really, should be something there. Um, yeah, give me a. Or, or, or I'll tell you what. <clears throat> you can roll deception on your own, or one of your your party members can can chip in and maybe get an advantage on a persuasion roll if you're making a if you're making a sell here. My deception um, is better than my persuasion, but the advantage would be helpful. Yeah, so Cerulean chimes in. She goes, yeah, this is from a very old culture. Um, we just, we were running through town, and, you know, we ran into these archaeologists, and we helped them out, and they handed it to us, and they said, this should fetch you a really pretty penny. It's from the place that we just discovered called Alabamius. Stop! Are you? <laughs> you came up with this dope ass backstory, and then your brain sputtered on empty at Alabama. <laughs> Did you see me panic? This great <laughs> land that we discovered. Uh... <laughs> Daniel is is Lord. He is like, oh my god, that is the most exciting, the most exhilarating, the most incredible thing that's ever come across our countertops. Um, and Literally Dina slams that ever described Alabama like that before. Dina slams the dagger point first into the countertop. And uh, Arnold, you're closest. You can see there's like a spider web of similar points where she's done this a lot before. <laughs> um, and she rolls her eyes to Tuck and says, I bet it's garbage. It looks like garbage. It looks like something a child had as a nightmare. Well, that's because you're someone who knows nothing. <gasps> No notes. <laughs> what did you get on your deception roll, by the way, with the pen? Oh, yeah, dude, I have yet to roll, actually. Okay, so um, let's do Gary and, or, I'm sorry, Gareth, uh, roll um, <clears throat> deception or persuasion, your choice with advantage because uh, of uh, your great alley moment with Cerulean. Uh, advantage is what, plus one? It's going to be you're going to roll twice and take the higher of the two. Oh, on tight, the tight, tight, tight. So I'm going to do deception, which is plus four. Uh, first roll is a seven. Second awesome. roll is a 15. So 15 plus four is 19. Okay. Um, even Dina picks up the, 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 the duck mallard situation uh, gently. Um, although she does give you a, she does give you the stink eye. Dina picks up the duck um, and looks at it. And then Daniel snatches the duck from her and like sticks it really close to his face. Um, but clearly is just like excited to be there and doesn't really know what he's doing. Um, and then you hear a voice trickle down just like the music you heard from the upper floor um, and say, now that is quite an interesting mallard. Do you mind if I take a look at it? Um, and the floor shakes as a 600 pound gorilla throws himself from the upper balcony onto the floor. That's fucking awesome. Right next to Gareth. Uh, he is wearing uh, a fitted 
waistcoat, tie, and pants, and he adjusts his spectacles uh, as he walks up to the counter. Gareth, Gareth looks at this gorilla and goes, <clears throat> this is the greatest day of my life. Uh, and the gorilla gingerly takes uh, the duck from uh, Daniel, and there's a brief moment as Daniel like fights for it, and finally, like the gorilla like takes it um, and uh, holds it up to the light. I like to imagine uh, the gorilla's like shaking it and like just completely ragdolling the gnome, picks him up off the stool, and then shakes him off of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I have a question. Yes. Um, if <clears throat> while all of these exchanges are like happening of the duck. Can I press the digitation some like just ancient looking glyphs into the bottom of the duck? Mm. Uh, I will require a sleight of hand check from you because that's a pretty sneaky spell you're casting in the middle of this room. And if you biff it, everyone will know. I, I should... Unless I will say before you do this, unless one of your party members wants to step in and, and maybe create a, a diversion or I mean, give you an advantage in some capacity. I kick, like, I kick Mel, <clears throat> like, I've tripped a little, like, just, like, readjusting. Standing myself. still? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, 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 no. You know, like, when, when you're shifting feet and, shoot. <laughs> and you, like, you go to rest, like, unlock your knee, and it, you don't realize you've kind of lost circulation, so your knee buckles. Okay. All right. That was a very long explanation. Wow. Like, my go-to distraction is killing people so i probably like wasn't your best choice but you were the choice bestie so what do you do but i was the choice uh i'm gonna deflect and and i'm gonna be like oh my god look over here look at the bard that's your distract everybody look at the bard Bard. do a pup do do a dance puppet dance okay so i imagine i mean you know i am i i do i do play pretty uh you know naive but i like i'd like to imagine i can see my friends trying to do something oh yeah no you you pick up on the subtleties but i cast like i give uh bardic inspiration to cerulean it's a d6 So you're going to roll the d20 and you're going to add six to it before I tell you if it's a success or not. But do I get advantage? Yeah, I mean, it would be unfair for me to not to give it to Gareth and not to you. So sure, take advantage. Roll twice, take the higher of the two. Okay, so the first one was a three. Thank God for uh, advantage. Um, The second one was a 16, a zero modifier, but you said d6? D6. Come on, big money. Oh, five. Okay, so 21. Okay, pretty slick. Okay, yes, you uh, whisper under your breath and your uh, your hands flicker at your sides, almost drumming against your thigh. Um, and a series of uh, scrawling black glyphs appear on the, the, the bottom of this mallard. They look very legit, super arcane. Um, the gorilla uh, inspects this duck Um and uh, uh, Dina rolls her eyes for like what you what you feel like is the fifth time. Like it happens a lot. Um, and she goes, oh, Sean, like, don't even bother. It's just a fucking duck. Um, and Daniel says, how dare you? This is the coolest mallard that's ever. Is it a mallard? Is it a duck? Sean, what is it? Um, and the gorilla, Sean, uh, inspects this mallard and says, it's uh, it's 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 curious. It almost looks like. The, the 
well, but these glyphs don't make any sense. Without yeah, these uh, glyphs, it would be the 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 mallard of madness, which is a almost a famous uh, archetypical uh, artifact taken from one of the the better known uh, uh, family houses in Waterdeep. But these, Gar- these glyphs make me think. Gareth like reaches for the duck, um, very, like while also very obviously getting Mel's like attention. Like, oh, here, give me that. Sorry, I think I dropped it in some mud. And then you, like, showy, like, starts rubbing And I'm going to try to, while he's doing that, I'm going to try to do the same thing again to press digitation it off. I I don't think you have to roll to undo a spell. I think you can just, like... So I can, can I just drop it? Yeah. Okay, so I just drop it. And, like, my eyes are, like... Uh, Gareth, you managed to, like, pull off the, the glyphs, like, um like fresh marker like it leaves a slight smear but you manage to get it off nice. um and uh the gorilla says oh well that's that's the mallard of madness it's an artifact taken from one of the fa- famous houses of Waterdeep. that's incredible where did you where did you find this uh rules of the profession you know we have it here in front of you no need to ask how it got here of course of course yes i'm uh i'm familiar with rogue speak um and he uh his fingers dance in like an intricate pattern in front of his face gary do you do you talk thieves can yeah okay he uh he gestures uh hello and welcome to you in thieves can't gareth is very easily impressed (laughs) sean says Oh, oh, I, I, of course. I, of course, I perfectly understand. Well, uh, this being the the mallard of madness, obviously, um, I, I think this would fetch a pretty penny. We'd be willing to pay two, 200 gold pieces for this. And even like, even Daniel is like, guys, uh, that's a lot of money. I'll, I'll tell you what, just, you know, I, I, I don't mean to, to, put myself in a sucker's bargain uh, if i could be so bold aren't you the the new owners of troll skull manor just down the road i think i i forgive me i don't mean to pry but i think i noticed you uh walking in with with uh volo get the writer just the other day well as a as a welcome to the neighborhood i'd I, i'd love to throw in an extra 50 gold pieces just as like a you know a, a neighborly advance you know what that sounds like a deal to me and I'll add to that a frequent customer in the future. Tremendous. Should we shake hands? Although he's a fucking gorilla, so you know. <laughs> yeah, so it's like a shaking, like that scene in Tarzan where like little Tarzan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, I think by my count, that puts you at um five hundred and fifty gold pieces for the hall so far. So can I, okay, so we're still in this place. Uh, can I look at them and kind of ask them like, look, we're also adventurers. We go around, we get, we find stuff like this all the time. This, you know, is there anything that you're actually after specifically Ooh. that like would get a pretty penny? Because we are, although we're, you know, we're, we're, we're adventurers. We're not money people, but we are in need of some money right now. So, you know. Um, Daniel, Daniel jumps off the stool in excitement and says, it's incredible that you ask this. I have a solemn quest to give you. A perfidious promise, a diabolical deed that I need your assistance with. I am a collector of olives. Arnold like gets down on one knee. I humbly accept. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm just like, 
any olive? Like, I can do that. I have olives for days. I, I, I love olives. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, no. <laughs> Boom. Episode and title, I Olive, Olives. Olive, Olives. love you. Uh, Daniel says, I love every olive. A Kalamata with a curious core. A Queen Anne with a pimento-stuffed center. A blue cheese-stuffed whatever it is. I, I ask uh, I ask Dinah, I'm like, do you like olives, Dinah? You mean Mel? Unless you're no, asking. No, the Dina. other person. What's Dina. Oh, Dina. Dina. So oh, yeah. Olives are disgusting, okay? You can't change my mind. Daniel, fucking whatever, his bullshit, he's on it, and they're disgusting. They're I hate them. I hate them. However, however, if you are out there and you find maybe a fully bloomed leaf with a curious aroma to it and you find some cilantro, I will pay you a hefty fee for this fine herb. I'm sorry, fantasy cilantro and fantasy olives. You get it, obviously. Yeah, is there like a fucking fantasy Wegmans? There's so there's a botanical place (laughs) just outside of this. Let's go talk to them. That is true. The botanical place has got to have the the drop on some fantasy olives. Uh, so you walk outside. Uh, I'm assuming all of you go with Arnold. Um, there is a corner building. The first floor has a, a small staircase leading up to the storefront. Um, but the whole townhouse is a a twisted crown of glass and uh, crawling ivy. Um, there are plants of every kind of description and imagination, almost like leaping out of the windows in, in open places. Um, and there is a, a beautiful engraved sign over the over the top of it called Corellian's Crown. You think they sell fantasy weed here? <laughs> <laughs> there's a little there's a little hemp hemp leaf and a thumbs up. As you walk in, um, the floor is of the storefront is is open, and there's a lot of like beautiful natural light coming in from the windows, and it smells of flowers in the first bloom of autumn, and um, somehow also at the same time spring. Uh, and sitting behind the countertop um, is a beautiful person with like sculpted blonde hair, studded with flowers, and uh, a wreath of ivy um, sipping a cup of tea. Uh, and they notice you come in and say, oh, uh, welcome. Thank you so much for stopping by. Please peruse the, uh, the, the, the wares and the plants. I will say though, uh, we, are, we are a very discerning shop and any new coming plant mothers or fathers or they thems will, uh, must pass a rigorous application process. Uh, yeah, I'd be happy to. Although, real quick, before we do that, um, before we you waste either either of our times, do you have any uh fantasy olives or fantasy cilantro, or fantasy weed, or fantasy <laughs> weed? Oh, that's uh, what a curious question. You you sound just like the 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 my lovely neighbor Daniel just across the street. He always comes in asking for olives. That silly man. Uh. I have no olives, but I have this lovely coriander tree right here. Um, and uh, they point and sitting in the corner is a almost like a a fastidiously decorated or a, um, organized bonsai is a huge cilantro bush. 
Inter interesting. Now, unfortunately, we're quite new to the neighborhood and we're not sure we can support an entire beauty like this. You know, we don't want to be irresponsible plant parents. Um, I'm so glad you thank you so much for saying that so many people come in and they buy just the first succulent that they see or they buy a fiddle leaf fern and they they give no thought to the care that I mean how much sunlight that oh, plant yeah. requires now I noticed this is a bonsai do you have any uh, recent clippings or trimmings that you were about to throw away that you don't need I might have some out back yes perhaps well, outstanding. I'd love to see. I'm, this, I'm adding this to the Gareth lore. Big plant guy. Uh, <laughs> Seems convenient to add to the lore now, no? Well, no, I don't I don't mean like I'm not going to like, oh, and Gareth knows this. I'm just saying like, I think it's funny that Gareth okay. just likes plants. Yeah, you have yet to answer about the fantasy weed. You've just laughed and moved on. Answer the question. <clears throat> because one could explain the over-manicured cilantro. What? In one of the brighter corners of Corellian's crown is a beautiful... No! This is a family Drugs. show! Fuck you! Drugs! <laughs> no, that's, a great, that's a great quote. This is a family show. show. Fuck you. <laughs> Maybe that's the episode title. Maybe I get one. Yeah! <laughs> All right. Um... This person uh, says, oh, please excuse me. Um, and they leave from uh, through a small door behind them. And there's you, you hear the sounds of ruffling. And then they come back with, I'll say, like a large handful of clippings of. Um, and they and uh, Gareth are talking specifically to you. And they say, oh, now you're going to want to plant, uh, uh, propagate these in water. Of course, as you know, uh, plenty of sunlight, change the water regularly. Let those roots really grow before you put them in the soil because it could shock the, it could shock the roots. And then of course you'll get nothing. Now, do you recommend any type of specific soil or will any be good? I don't think cilantro requires a too specific pH no. or anything. Oh, fantasy cilantro, please. Fantasy cilantro. Fuck. Damn it. Immersion <laughs> ruined. Uh, they say, uh, no, any, any type of soil you require is fine. Just make sure it's, it's properly aerated. So the roots breathe and the water moves through them. You know, life is water. That's what I always say. Well, thank you so much, uh, for the fantasy cilantro. Um, we'll be back soon. Um, I'll be back around midnight for some of the fantasy weed. Uh, <laughs> if you, uh, find out where to get any olives let us know we are cooking up a mean dish that requires olives. They, i'm sorry they just have no olives in this place at all no olives okay and, and and we i mean did we ask specifically if they know of any olives or we just assume they don't or know? any olive gardens perchance <laughs> Fantasy Olive Garden. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, please. Thank, thank uh, you know, it's actually it's actually quite curious. If you'll if you'll permit, um, you would be the new owners of Troll Skull Manor, would you not? Did you know? I knew that I knew the owners previous to you, Leaf, and of course his uh, his lovely wife Erica. Uh, they they had an olive. Well, I, I would call it a grove uh, in their backyard. That was, of course, uh, before the tragedy and 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 that that whole unfortunate business. But 
it's funny. It's, it's just what a cure life is water, as I say, and everything flows back to its source. And it's so curious that you would bring up olives. Yeah. Real quick about that tragedy. Unfortunately, we moved in with very little knowledge on the aforementioned tragedy. Would you mind filling us in a little bit? It's helpful to know the history of where you're living. Oh gosh. I don't, I don't know that I'm, that I'm, that person, I, 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 well, the motherfucker uh, who is Leaf is dead. I did. I don't say that. I don't say that out loud. Truly, <laughs> we were all thinking. It. Said, I've been doing so good in the conversation until so right good. now. <laughs> no, like word for word, that is exactly what was in my head, and I'm so glad someone, like, literally in my head, I'm like the yes. motherfucker who the fuck is <laughs> like. So cerulean. Um, seeing Mel and Gareth getting frustrated, um, <clears throat> looks at this elf and says, you know, laugh is water. And um, <sighs> I think that life can store memories or that water can store memories. And I think that there's water in every piece of wood whether it's been chopped or not and that manner is made of so much wood and I think it's stored a piece of leaf and um we've connected with him and I've shared in the familial loss with him we know he lost his family and we have sworn to him that we're going to protect his home so it would be really great if I could know who I'm connecting with from what what trauma bond am I forming? I'm crying. Trauma. <laughs> um, <clears throat> the elf tears up. Nice. And doesn't manage to form words. Let's cut through this really quick because I can see what you guys are angling at. Let's say the fantasy cilantro that you that you grabbed from Corellian's crown fills fills the rest of the debt needed to re- restore Troll Skull just to like make things easy. I have um, a shit ton of cilantro. <laughs> Wait, why don't we just make it into like a bar slash library, but but like ditch the inn aspect? I didn't want the house. Also, the thought of like now I'm in this house, and now on the one hand, passive income is a plus, but plus, but plus, but plus, passive because this sounds like a lot of. This sounds like a lot of goddamn work. It doesn't sound. Well, oh, that's that what we have the money it for. Sounds like a lot of goddamn oh, you work. Oh, running it. Right, right, running it. And then there's got to be people all up in my living space, and like, look. That's we can do, make it a locked door. Let's we can just make it a do an occasional haunted house tour and just lean into the dilapidated. I think. I think dead in breakfast. Need a place to live. I think we keep the middle. The middle. Hang we on. Can still live Hang. there. We are Scare not gonna, Scare B and B. We are not going to move past dead and breakfast so quickly. Wait, I missed that. Anthony said the words dead and breakfast, and I'm fucking obsessed. Holy shit. With it. <laughs> I'm thinking, what? What if we like had the middle level be like a bar slash library scenario, and then we can keep the top layers and also my cellar for our, our own rooms that we already picked out so that way we can keep like the customers at a at an arm's reach 
part of the cellar would probably have to be converted to actual storage, though, would it not? Because it's huge, right? The cellar parts. It's sizable. Big. Yeah, okay. it's I definitely mean, not a room. It's a cellar, but it's big enough that, Gareth, you feel like you could have like a private space down there. Tight. Okay. <clears throat> so are we are, so so bar library in the middle in the middle room or just a bar, just a straight up bar? I I say fireplace wall-to-wall bookshelves like super cool bar low light okay all right but is there a stage involved somewhere there is a corner stage with a magical dancing light spotlight (laughs) when it's time for your performance i throw my dancing lights up there and magnifies it it gives you a spotlight yes i have my skylight feeling like library from beauty and the beast but like with booze that is every library i've ever pictured in my imagination has been the library from beauty and the beast they crushed it in one hello hi interrupting again it's me alexander james your friendly neighborhood dungeon master and also uh suspenders broker I've got several of them. You buy low, you sell high. That's how you make money in this business. Uh, um, thank you so much for joining us on Critically Stupid. I'm so glad you're here. Give me just like two minutes of your time. I'll get you right back to the episode. We are, as always, playing, say it with me, Waterdeep Dragon Heist, an official Wizards of the Coast module written by Chris Perkins, Michelle Carter, Scott Fitzgerald Gray, and Kim Mohan. Um, if you've enjoyed what you've heard here or you're looking to get into D&D on your own, I highly recommend you go to dnd.wizards.com. Check out all the great stuff they've got there. They've got anything you need to jumpstart your own campaign or character and jump into somebody else's campaign they've got editable uh character pdf sheets they've got dice sets they've got a uh, a guy named gronk who will show up and escort you to work with a, a a mace in one hand it's it's fucking crazy it should be illegal somehow it's not you know our uh great american forefathers didn't really think about uh fantasy security guards their loss i guess if you'd like to end up as a character on Critically Stupid, you can tag us at Crit Stupid. Tell us what you thought of the most recent episode or, t- or talk to me directly and say, hey, Alex, I want to be that ha- that orc escorting somebody to and from work with a mace in one hand. And I'll be like, wow, man, that sounds pretty bloodthirsty of you. And you'll be like, yeah, that's how I roll. And then I'll get a little frightened of you. Uh, but you can end up as an NPC like Dina, Daniel, and Sean, uh, who I transplanted straight from the Don't Make It Weird podcast. If you haven't checked them out yet, you should. Um... They uh, they have their own store in our in our little fantasy world, um, and it's great. And I love having them there. And I get to make them say and do things like little sock puppets that talk to each other without their consent, which is just my favorite thing ever. Oof, the optics on that phrase. Don't take that out of context. They're they're great humans in real life, and anything they do or say in in this show is my fault. Blame me, not them. Um, Thank you so much for being here. I'm going to let you get back to the show. As soon as I say this, please subscribe to our YouTube and rate us on Spotify because we rely on you to spread this show. So, uh, yeah, if you like it, please tell a friend. And that's it. I've done enough rambling. I'm so sorry to have wasted your time in such a fashion. Um, Thank you so much for being here. I'm going to let you get back to the show. I love you. Bye. You know who else loves you? Me. Also, Alex. Hi. Uh, just wanted to mention really, really quick, we're doing a new thing for Season 2 going into Season 3 uh, where we're going to be using featured graphics, all of the creators on the show. Um, 
dropping little little pictures, you know, listening to or like new episode. If you use those images and you uh, share them at us or you tweet at us with them, um, your name will go into a pot to be used as a featured listener for an upcoming episode. I'm not quite sure when that's going to be, but I'll put your handle on the screen and uh, shout you out for listening as well as, a, you know, if you're obviously working on like a project, or you've got something going on, I'll try to shout that out as well to the best of my ability, obviously. Um, so yeah, keep an eye out for those graphics and just as a warning, you know, per usual, like if your username or your handle has got some profanity in it, I probably won't use it just because like, that's not kind of our vibe. I don't know if you've noticed, but we never swear ever. We're very PC and you should let your kids listen to this show. (laughs) That's a joke. Please God, don't let your children listen to this show. Anyway, I just wanted to mention really quick, I do still love you and, uh, that Alex is also okay even if he's wearing a different vest and tie than I am. I I don't like that. But anyway, love you again. All right, bye. Let's let's say that it is some weeks later. The work on Troll Skull uh, started slow, but as many contracts do, uh, swiftly turned into a, a raucous collection of hammers smashing and wagons pulling into the yard with uh, lumber and roof tiles and new panes of glass for the broken windows. In a corner of the room, uh, between dwarf carpenters putting up tall bookshelves, uh, Arnold, you are interviewing prospect, uh, prospective acts who uh, wish to perform at Trollskull, uh, who, are, who are auditioning for your opening week. Um, who is on stage and how is it going? I mean, I... Okay, <laughs> so I get to choose the NPCs. <laughs> this is cool. <laughs> okay, um, yeah. So I ooh, I get to just name someone. All right. Um, so I'm I'm talking to Ronald, and okay. my my question for him. He's been on stage for what seems to everyone else to be three hours. <laughs> um, because I'm just I'm running him through the the ringer, just trying to make sure that he fits right with the acoustics of the room and also me. Um, so right at this point, we're we're at the point where I'm like, but what is your favorite sound that animals don't make? <laughs> I'm just. So, um, so I'm talking. So I'm talking to Ronald, and I'm just like running him through. I'm like, oh, oh okay. No, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. I think you might work. I think you might work. And I'm just kind of like. So Ronald is a uh, <clears throat> burly half orc with a fiery ginger beard um, that is bedazzled with bits of seashells. Um, and for a, for a person of, of his stature, um, clearly six and a half, seven feet tall, he is nervously playing with a tiny pair of bongo drums. Nice. Um, and is just. I just really, I just really want to be a good fit. And I really want to make sure that I do a good job. And I know that you haven't played the Macarena five times, but I will play it for you for a sixth time. Fantasy Macarena. I'm so sorry. Fantasy Macarena. If you want me to play it a sixth time, I'm more than happy to. I just really, I really want that opening night spot so I can play for my dad. I love Ronald. Oh, I love him so much. Yeah, I would die for him. So I kind of like I do the thing like I do like a Godfather move where I grab his cheeks. <laughs> like, you know, like, he he is surprised. Yeah. So I grab his cheeks and I'm like, "You are my you are my number one, Ronald. You've always been my number one. You will be there with me on opening night." Ronald runs out of the room, hammering on his bongos in excitement.
um, and you hear a voice pipe up from behind where a uh, another crew of dwarves are, are hammering uh, a bar against the wall um, and a familiar redhead sorting uh, glass roses. Whoa, bro, like I really liked him too, man. Like I liked his sound. Uh, and Floon is... Uh, organizing glasses as they're as they're going on to the series of cubbies except he's doing a really poor job because the dwarves are trying to put up the cubbies but floon is like organizing the glassware on top of it and getting in everybody's way nice does anybody else feel like floon knows where to get fantasy weed floon definitely is a fantasy drug dealer oh yeah um and he says i don't know man like i i really dug that harpsichord player though like they had like a chaos about them that like i thought was really vibrant and exciting oh yeah Flynn. i i as you know we're letting everyone in the band we're not letting them know we have this is a full-on this is gonna be our masterpiece you know this wait bro do do I get to be in the band? That's why you have the glasses, Floon. You, what, you're not supposed to be stacking them. You're supposed to be playing them. This is beautiful. What are you this doing? This is Arnold's magnum opus. This is, yeah. Uh, he takes, oh no. Okay. He takes <laughs> two of them and you can see he's trying, he's going to like, Except he just he just slams one into the other and just like shatters glass all over his knuckles and he starts bleeding his, oh man, I, I done beefed it. <laughs> So say, Flint, 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 you're thinking percussive. I'm not thinking percussive. I'm thinking you put some liquids in there. We, we have a ganassi here. You put some liquids in there. You make sounds with them. I, I know you're good at this. You're you're excellent at basically everything except for, I mean, you're really good at smashing glasses. Look at what you just did. <laughs> like, I was like, you, you're a, a person of many talents. Bro, I never even considered like the like the sound on the rim, the rim sound. I'm pretty sure that's a scientific name for it. I'm just so stoked to be in the band, man. Maybe finally, like maybe my dad will be stoked on something that I'm doing. Floon seems awful calm for all those glass shards in his hand. Probably has something to do with all that fantasy weed. Fantasy and smoking. weed. He's got he's got the good strain. Um, cerulean. Same day, while Arnold is is interviewing talent downstairs, you've been annoyed all morning by wailing harps and horrible lute strings, and somebody brought in their own fucking fantasy piano. Harpsichord. Somebody brought in their own harpsichord and jangled on that thing for a full hour and a half. So you've got a headache building at the back of your head, slowly reaching forward like a vice gripping tighter and tighter. You are overseeing the replacement of the roof and turret tiles of Troll Skull, but you are working with a uh, a crew of nimble young humans <clears throat> leaping acrobatically to and fro on the rooftop. However, the foreman of this crew is an old uh, human man with like roomy blue eyes and like a dusty collection of like scrappy facial hair wearing a red uh, uh hat backwards um and he is at in the process he's carrying a sledgehammer in one hand and he is hammering roof tiles out of this roof sort of one by one popping them to and fro you walk into the attic to see a piece of floorboard snap underneath his foot and half collapse him into the floor below <laughs> 
Um, and he starts like snarling swear words and slamming the butt of his sledgehammer against the floor, saying, like, this guy, this is the fourth time it's fucking happened to me. Ooh. Do I feel any other presence or anything? Yeah. Uh, whoever, who, uh, Leaf, I believe I did tell you his name a while back, um, clearly has a problem with this guy and what he's, what he's doing, uh, in the attic. Okay. So Cerulean puts on her boss girl face and she walks over to this guy and she goes, I'm sorry. Do you have a problem? Yes. This is the fucking, and he hauls himself out of, uh, the, the, uh, hole in the floor. I'm I'm trying to do a job, right? You hired me to replace roof. I'm trying to replace roof. And this this fucking, I don't know what it is. I don't believe in ghosts, right? I believe in money. And I believe in a firm political hand that grips the city like an iron fist, right? And I this fucking house just seems to be like wiling out, okay? I just want to replace the roof tiles and get on with my fucking life. I don't care about doing them sensitive or doing them baby-like, right? Me and my boys, Replacing roof tiles. That's what we're doing today. Does the house seemingly have any other issues with the other workers or is it just this guy? Um, The other workers are going about their business a little bit more respectfully. It feels like they're, I mean, chattering to each other and replacing roof tiles, but they're not slamming or kicking tiles. They're on the outside of the house. Uh, This Mm. guy's on the inside of the house, popping tiles through, through to the outside. So Cerulean looks at this guy and she goes, look, I'm going to be real forward with you. You can get a grip or you can get lost. Uh, You've already offered us the contract. All right. The deal's signed. And he like reaches into his shirt. He's going to pull it out and like brandish it in front of you. Does he have sweat um, on him? Like, is he covered in sweat? He's a little sweaty. Yeah. He's a little damp. Um, Cerulean does shape water. And pulls all the sweat off of him. How big of a bu- bubble of water do I get? What a metal fucking question that is. Um, I'm going to say you get somewhere between a golf ball and a, and a sizable tangerine. So if I spread it pretty thin, could I cover his nose and his mouth? Damn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Flashback to the episode one when we said we can't be murder hobos. What? So Cerulean looks this guy in the face, pulls the sweat from his body, Ew. spreads it out like diab- Like she is making direct eye contact with this guy while she's doing it, not saying a word. One eyebrow raised. Katie can't do that, but Cerulean can. And covers his nose and his mouth with his own sweat. Gross. And says... I suggest you learn to be more gentle because as my lovely friend across the street and I'm trying to drag it out a little bit. So he looks like he's like, Oh yeah, no, he is. He is like trying to back away from it, but you continue pushing it like until he's pushed against the ceiling tiles. If he was popping out, um, sort of like pressed against them, his head framed with like bleak skylight. Um, And he's like not quite turning purple, but he is struggling to breathe. And I look at him and as my lovely friend across the way says, water is life. So if you value yours, you're going to be a little more gentle with my house. And then she pulls the um, sweat back so he can breathe and just splashes it in his face. Um, He sputters and turns red and uh, 
apologizes um, and puts the sledgehammer down and and there's a toolkit lit, uh, on the ground away from him. He pulls out a small, like a feather hammer and uses it to gently poke out the rotting shingles so that his, his crew on the outside can um, replace them. And he does it while looking over his shoulder every single time to make sure that you approve of the way that he's doing it. Nice. And I just smile <laughs> like, like nothing happened. Just, you know, Southern sweet. Uh, okay. Um, Mel, as the ranger, you are sitting on the back steps of Trollskull Manor, nursing a hangover. Um, it is the earlier more it is the earlier hours of the day, and you are watching a set of I'm going to generously describe them as nincompoops um, overturn the backyard of Trollskull to turn it into a sort of like overgrown or manicured patio. Um, as the ranger, you're watching them do a lot of the green work and shrubbery, um, but they're doing a pretty piss poor job of it. What are they doing wrong? Like, like, like their fantasy plant. Are they destroying fantasy plants that I would rather not be destroyed? If you Wait, say they have are like an olive thing back there. Yes, the there thing? is a the skeletal remains of what is a it is still alive um okay well maybe they could not touch my fucking olive tree so i you see a uh a gangly halfling like a teenager working on a crew approach the olive tree and start hammering at it where to god i will set you on fire oh whoa okay chill out i'm just getting rid of this dead ass tree and then we're gonna never tell a woman to chill out okay you're being a little hysterical, okay? My dad says that you gotta just calm down, right? Wow. And then he hits his vape pen. <laughs> right? His fucking jewel. <laughs> Magical. Like, his fantasy jewel. His fantasy jewel. Well, can he, he get uh, fantasy lung cancer on top of that? <laughs> that would bring me a lot of fantasy joy. We're doing a lot of really nice things for not murder hobos um he he wipes his brow and there's like a speckling of like prepubescent like acne across his face like this kid's like 15 and just shooting his mouth off but he's holding a hatchet in one hand um and he's like uh excuse me i'm just trying to cut this tree down like my dad said so that we can put in your tea bushes the tree alone (laughs) that's great audio i made a face Sorry, Spotify <laughs> listeners, I love you. <clears throat> um, okay, I he, mean, ninety-five percent of my thing is making faces. So. He throws his his hatchet into the ground in frustration, and you both hear an audible thunk as it sinks into the ground. And he goes, "Oh, what was that?" And he bends down, and he pulls it out, and he unearths. Um, really, really shallowly buried in the roots of this olive tree, a small chest about foot and a half long um and he you see him fiddle with the hasp and then he stops and he says oh i bet you probably you you probably want this yeah yeah i do want that i do i'm gonna go uh uh-huh. yeah <laughs> he says uh i'm gonna go uh the team my dad's in the truck in the truck with the team i'm gonna go yeah and he uh embarrassed embarrassed and red-faced walks away uh, so I got a little treasure box. Yes. So you open the hasp. It is unlocked and really rusty. As you open it, it squeaks fit to make the headache growing in your head even worse. Um, inside is a cloth wrapped bundle 
and you open it to reveal a small book, probably eight inches by four inches, bound by a simple um, cloth tie. And you open it to see on the cover page, here being the personal deeds and diabolical witnesses of the dread pirate known as Alexander, but the, it's A-L-E-K-S-A-N-D-E-R. I did not put myself in my own game. Get off my ass. That wasn't to you guys. That was to anybody who's going to fucking comment on it in the YouTube section. And did you for real put yourself in your own campaign, you pretentious, narcissistic piece of milquetoast human garbage? <laughs> wow. And PC is named Alex from now on, please. <laughs> Bestie, you open this up, and it is a, it is a half... Um, story notebook uh, in a in a sort of like small childlike hand and half diary um, dated probably about four years ago is the earliest entry. And this is the diary of the child, one of the children, I should say, of the family who used to own this house. He was a pirate. That's fucking cool. Well, it's half a story notebook, so he's writing a play acting. He's a he was writing a story about a about a pirate, Uh, pirate Alexander. Damn, now it's sad. It was almost. It was always. It was always a little. It was always a little sad. Uh, And the pirate Alexander um, was on a was on a great quest on a on a pirate ship called. the the HMS Erica, and one day the HMS Erica got caught in a storm, and uh, a hole appeared in her side, and she started taking on water and not and not sailing as well. So she started to she started to sail towards land, but there wasn't any land in sight, um, and she started to sink. I low key feel like this story is a metaphor for my life. Anyway, it's a metaphor for else too. And life is water, is life guys. For some of you, but death for some of us. Life is water unless you're cerulean waterboarding a contractor who's stepped over his boundaries. Uh wow. Gareth. Is that as it, far as I get in the book? Well, I mean, I how far do you want to flip through it, Bestie? I didn't want to take I didn't want to take up too much of your time if you just wanted to get in and out. No, I, I mean, I'm finished. I'm invested now on the HMS Erica. So the, a, the HMS Erica started taking on water and she started to sink. Um, and she sailed towards land, but there wasn't any land. And the pirate Alexander started to get worried because the ship wasn't doing so hot. Um, and beneath that, there's another journal entry out of the stylized storytelling and more in like a like a, a hasty childlike hand um, that says the doctor came again today and said mom wasn't doing so well. But dad said she was doing just fine. I had to leave for school, but I choose to believe dad because he seemed happy when he was telling me. And the doctor uh, seemed really sad. His wife. Come on. That or he's just a dirty, dirty liar. Yeah, or he's lying to his child. Um, the next entry is about the pirate Alexander, and the pirate Alexander saw land 
uh, a, a pair of mountains floating in the distance and he and he he felt hope stirring in his cold dead hearted chest um, as he as he sailed the ship towards land for the first time in what felt like months and then there are a couple of pages sort of blank with some like scribbled drawings a couple of like hasty sketches um, and you feel like you're you're getting towards like the halfway point of this diary and uh, you pass a couple of empty pages. And then there's one, there's one more journal entry um, dated two years ago, almost to the day that you bought the house um, that says, I haven't felt like writing stories for a while. I've started feeling sick too, a little bit. Dad says I'm going to be just fine too. Oh, well, good. He's all, he's all fine then. Uh, Bessie, we're going to cut away from you. That's, that's all you get from the diary. Uh, Gareth. It is the wee hours of the morning. Uh, you find yourself actually up late instead of up early. You've been you've been up kicking it, making that you now have a a portion of the cellar that that a, a team has turned into like a room with a nice. little wall and a door and um, oh yeah, this and that. You are kicking it in your room when you hear a sound come from the cellar outside. Um. And at first you, you suspect it to be the, the specter that, that lives in the house, maybe playing at cups. Um, so you poke your head outside, but all of the cups that you've set in a very regimented pattern to test if there was in fact a ghost there at that moment are still and not moving. It's, it's like that thing, you see the thing with like where dogs have those button boards to like talk. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you've got one that says like hungry and yeah. then you've got one that says like tired, except it's a ghost. So neither of those fucking buttons have been pressed. Also, they're just pictures because you can't read or write. Um, they're photographs printed (laughs) you hear a sound coming uh, actually from the the small uh, room that's been converted into a wine cellar but you remember it fondly as the room that you guys all used to go into the sewers for the first time to find the coin that that the specter of this house pointed you to Um, and you open the door and there's a you'll remember at the end of this sort of barrel vaulted room there's a cellar door that opens down into the ladder um and you open this door and you pause for just a second and you hear a voice echo up from the darkness below that says why'd you do it fuck i don't say that out loud garyan says that gareth doesn't (laughs) um kind of like defeated gareth like sits on the list so like like he's sitting down with like his legs in the ladder hole. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. I didn't kill anyone, really. Um, you, you know, uh, my friends, the only people who tolerate really drumming up the sympathy on this one. The only people who have tolerated me for a while just got zapped out of nowhere. Who knows where they're going for? All I know they just got evaporated. It showed up at their doorstep at oh god thirty in the morning. Yeah, I got a little mad. And, you know, luckily you came by, snapped me back to my senses before I did anything stupid. But, hey, that's what friends are for, yeah? But, like, but you lied to me. Well, I didn't lie to you at all, Tim. You know, Sylvie came to our house or before it was actually a house. She invited us to do some jobs. We came to you know, what we assumed was your headquarters. And, you know, we were stuck in that room and you saw what happened next. 
But before that, I mean, like before that, I mean, like you you came through my hallway and I was patrolling it, like Dad said to patrol it, and you you said that you were on the team, and that's why I let you pass. And then you met Sylvie, so like you you didn't even that was before you lied to me even then, like the like the first time. No, Tim, were we not on the team? Like Sylvie came to our house. She told us to, we were on the team as far as I knew. We were on the same page right up until the room started vibrating and my friends disappeared. That's, as far as I was concerned, we had been betrayed, double-stabbed, backhanded. None of those are actual terms. Stabbed in the back? When you, when you, when you came in walking into the room, I thought you were going to be the next knife in my spine. Oh, I didn't, I, I'd never betray my friends. I think the best thing that we could do here is you stick with your, you stick with the Vanessa, Vanessa, God, fuck. You stick, you stick with the word that I can't say very well, my character accent, and I'll stay, stay here at Trollskull. And you know, feel free to come down for a drink sometime. So I feel like you are, guys just broke up. Are we, we not did. friends any are we not friends anymore? Of course we're friends, Tim. And because we're friends, and because friends don't betray each other, it's best we don't, you know, uh, uh provide each other with opportunities to do so. Okay. That's it. The hallway falls silent. Damn. Heavy. Let's uh, move forward into brighter days and happier times. It is opening day of Troll Skull Manor. Um, what kind of, if any, uh, opening day ceremony or ribbon cutting or, or, or soft opening are you guys doing? So we I... would have suggested like a soft opening to get the marketing down and nice. then would <laughs> on for like a ribbon cutting ceremony with like a full opening. So like the soft opening would have been the neighbors and stuff. Can okay. um, So first of all, can <clears throat> does anybody have any objections to me being the bartender? Yeah. Uh, yeah, bro. I've got an objection. You just hired me as your bartender. Cool. It's me, anyway. I got bandages on my knuckles now. Floon, how many times have I told you you're a bar back, not a bartender? Uh, but I, but, but Floon, Arnold said Floon. I was a bar forward. Floon, you have terrible people skills. Bro, that's not just that's just not true. I'm charismatic as all get out. Honey, people Floon, would you're... steal from you. <laughs> I just like to think of it as generous. Arnold taught me that. <laughs> Arnold has terrible people skills. That's why Arnold not, is not in charge of the finances. Okay, so, but, but low key though, like like if Floon wants to run that fantasy weed business out of here and just like give us a cut. Yeah, we were on the fantasy dispensary at the back. Yeah, Mel, yeah. you actually you actually saw uh, Floon and the owner of the botanicals garden down the street having quiet conversations over a small, suspicious-looking sapling growing in your backyard. Mm. <laughs> what I'm talking about, as long as we get a cut from that, I'm, I'm as, as the bartender, can Gareth like do the thing where like 
I like frame the first gold piece we make. Your first customer, your oh, first official that. paying person who walks through Troll Skull's uh, front door is a fully armed and armored Captain Rain uh, who walks in in her city Captain Guard, city guard captain uniform um, and cheerfully plunks down a gold dragon uh, on, on the bar and says... Uh, I, a pint of your finest ale, if you please. I'm uh, so I'm so happy to see your business up and running as uh, fully functional. It's great. Gareth is like wiping down the counter, which is perfectly spotlessly <laughs> clean because no one has ever sat down at it yet. Do you also clean a mug that's fresh off of out of the box? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, Captain Rain, welcome to Trollscale Manor. Finest ale coming up. I assume I fill it with something. I don't know. Yeah, you've got you've got taps uh, that they've installed lines in the in the cellar, and they're all they all work great. Uh, you pour um, a, a glass of amber for the captain. You set it in front of her. Um, she takes an appreciative sip um, and says, "Ah, that is that is most excellent." Um, say, Gareth, you uh, wouldn't happen to know anything about a uh, explosion? in the dock ward just the other day, would you? Of a ship? Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure the botanical garden sounded... Oh, sorry, I thought you were asking for fantasy weed. Explosion. Ah. You know what? I'm going to be honest. A real crazy week. Uh, He puts down a mug and picks up another equally spotless (laughs) mug. Uh, um, Floon takes the takes the clean, empty one and starts putting it in the fantasy dishwasher. <laughs> Thank you, Floon. Um, let's see the Sea Wars. Uh, when when was this exactly precisely? Uh, it was about uh, two weeks ago. Uh, ah, there yeah. was one of the uh, the captains of the the sea seaborne festival uh, came to me with a with a complaint that somebody had exploded his ship, and you you might uh, forgive the the assumption, but I thought perhaps you might know something about this. Uh, you know what? That's a reasonable ex- uh, assumption. We do kind of running around allegedly killing people and allegedly blowing people up. Ah, yes, strictly, strictly allegedly, of course, course. in the the purest of hypotheticals. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, As you guys are having this conversation, so sorry, Gareth, as you're having this conversation, you're seeing real guests and people like stream into Trollskull, like you've had whatever marketing you guys have done is working, you're, you know, Floon is is soon pulling drinks, Arnold Ronald is on stage bongoing his brains out, playing the Macarena, and it is it is a choice fantasy Macarena. He's doing a very good job. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, well, it's supposed to be a soft opening, but Arnold's like, this is it, everyone. This is our big day. This is the biggest opening. This is the grand <laughs> opening of this place. And, like, I'm using I'm using my minor illusion to cause, like, more of a robba, 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 like, for the whole... Right, right. Waterfall, like, waterfall, like, waterfall, waterfall, waterfall. Like, as if there's, like, this huge crowd, like, as people... Nice, are, nice. You know, like, Except there's, like, ten people in here. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like an uproarious crowd. Just, yeah. You see, so like, uh, you see Dina and Daniel come in, followed by the dapper uh, lumber form of sean the gorilla um you see the the owner of corellian's crown come in she uh i'm sorry excuse me they are carrying a very fastidious bonsai cilantro that is clearly like a housewarming gift of some kind nice a couple of other neighbors who you will come to meet in 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 the future times but yeah the neighborhood is out 
for the opening of Trollskull Manor. When uh, when Sean comes in, Gareth gets like visibly excited and like Loki kind of ignores Rain and just like Sean, the gorilla's here. Uh, if you please, I I do prefer being called an an ape, uh, but I'm I would sorry. have a glass of your finest brandy. Absolutely, I'm so sorry. Please feel free to take a chair or several. You know, make yourself comfortable. Um, as you are all. As the evening goes on, the open, the soft opening of Troll Skull almost turns into a neighborhood event um, as more faces come in, people excited to see Troll Skull up and running and back in its prime. Um, people are laughing and chattering and Ronald is bongoing on the stage and it sounds amazing. People are taking books off the shelves and recommending books to each other and like, oh, have you read this one? I haven't, but have you tried that one? <clears throat> um, and it's going swimmingly. And there's then, a little section of the library that's actually graphic novels, and there's one on display, and it's Fantasy Play It Again. <laughs> I mean, Fantasy Play It Again has a small crowd in front of it as uh, people are are obsessed with getting one of a very limited signed copies by Anthony LaFauci, of course, the oh incredibly God. talented writer, and Stevie Wildcard, the incredible illustrator of Play It Again. If you haven't checked it out, you fucking should. Everything is going incredibly. And then from outside, you hear several alarmed cries and the night ignites in a fireball as something outside explodes on the street. Uh, Gareth like, like looks at Ran. Uh, well, we all have pretty good alibis. We were all at work. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> 